Alright, so uh, tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk about suffering. And that's something that we've all been doing. Seems like more and more every year. Especially after you get out of those teenage years into your twenties. More and more and more. Uh, every year it's just a little more suffering than the next, it seems like. But <clears throat> why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to God's people? These are questions that you hear all the time. <clears throat> it's one of the most difficult yet most universal questions. When life falls apart, the natural response is to turn to God, even if you're a Christian or not. A lot of people don't believe in God or don't practice Christianity, but when things go wrong, they're going to call the Christians first because they believe in the back of their mind, He can help me. God can help me. I don't believe in Him, but they, He can help me. <clears throat> That is one of the, the positive results of adversity. But this also presents a dilemma. Is God really God? Does he, does he love me? Does he even care about me? These are questions that the world asks when they're going through trouble, going through problems. If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, why is there suffering? If God is all-powerful, he could prevent the suffering. God's all-knowing, he would know what will happen next, and he'll stop it from happening, right? That's what we're thinking. What the world thinks. If God is all loving, he should be willing to stop my suffering. The problem of suffering raises the issue either God's inability or unwillingness to do anything about it. Either he can't or he doesn't want to. But could God have a higher purpose for suffering? He does. If God knows everything, he knows more than we do. A whole lot more than we do, right? Since we're not God, there will always be questions. Human beings will always question. It's just in our nature because we don't know what God knows. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 7, we discover at least one reason God allows suffering. God allowed Paul to suffer some tremendous adversity to the extreme that he thought his life was over. And we talked about that Sunday. He gave up on life but not on God. Some in, in Corinth thought his suffering indicated his ministry and apostleship was invalid. Yet, Paul's conclusion is that his suffering were a mark of his apostleship and allowed him to have a greater ministry because of his suffering. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-7 Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort of we ourselves receive from God. We're supposed to help everybody. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and your salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience, endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, also you share in our comfort. We are supposed to be there to help burden each other's suffering and pain as Christians. That's just one of our duties. One, one practical result of our suffering is that we gain the power to comfort others who are going through the, the same sufferings. Me and Matt, Sister Tab, and... Um, <clears throat> yeah... Brother Josh has, we all lost our fathers last year. We know what each other's going through. We can actually 
feel the pain and know the suffering, and we can be there for each other. For ones that haven't lost a parent, they really don't know, but they're still there. They're still there to help and to comfort, but their suffering isn't, you're not, they're not going to know the suffering that we would know. That's why God puts people together so we can help each other. That's what we're supposed to do. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted, Hebrews 2 and 18. Our suffering is not wasted. We're, we're better able to help through our suffering. No matter what we go through, God is doing it for a reason. It's to help somebody else. That's, that's why we go through trials. That's why we go through pain. That's why we suffer, because someone else down the road is going to have that happen to them, and we know how to help them. We know how to get through it because we've been through it. God lays out everything for a purpose and a reason, but we have to have the mindset of God to use that to His glory, not for our suffering, for God's glory. Paul explains his suffering as sharing in the suffering of Christ. Suffering is not a punishment, but a sharing in the sufferings and comfort of Christ. There is a closeness with Christ that we realize in suffering that we cannot experience in any other way. Paul also reminds us that the comfort is always greater than the sufferings. God's comfort always exceeds our afflictions. It is abundant so that we, we can share that comfort with others. Colossians 1 and 24. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for my body's sake, which is the church. Paul's not saying that there was, there was anything lacking or deficient in the sufferings that Christ endured to atone for the sins. Rather, Paul is saying that his suffering for Christ's sake, his suffering was still lacking. Not Christ's suffering. Although he had suffered much affliction, Paul was not yet conformed to the Savior in his sufferings. Other translations of Colossians 1 and 24 bring out Paul's meanings. The NLT I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. The Amplified Version. Now I rejoice in my sufferings on your behalf, and with my own body I supplement whatever is lacking on our part of Christ's afflictions, on behalf of his body, which is the church. If you, if you look at all of them, you'll see that the lack is on Paul's part. It's not on Christ's part. It's, Christ is never going to be lacking on us, <clears throat> ever. We just got to learn to put our faith and our trust in Him in every situation, and we got to learn to lean on each other. We are not supposed to suffer alone. That's why we have a body. That's why we have a church. That's why we have family. God places you in us in a place for a reason. He's placed all of us here for a reason. Have you ever walked through a situation in life that left you wondering why God would allow you to experience the hurt, the pain, or even discouragement that, that resulted from it? There's no doubt that some challenges in life are the result of poor choices. A lot of them are. <laughs> we make really bad choices as human beings sometimes, and we suffer for it. <clears throat> There's no doubt that... that uh, I'm sorry, but for every believer, the reality is that we will walk through hardship and we will experience pain. It's going to happen. It's part of it. I mean, Jesus did. Why wouldn't we, right? Jesus told us pain and suffering would be part of our lives. 
I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. John 16 and 33. He tells us, get ready. You're going to have it, but don't worry about it because I got you. I got you. I love that Jesus didn't simply say, we're going to have trials and sorrow, then leaves it for us to just figure out. That's not what he says. <clears throat> Instead, he promises peace and reminds us that he has overcome the world, meaning that our hardships aren't without purpose. He's already defeated it. He's already defeated everything for me, for you, for everybody. He's taken that burden. All we got to do is give it back to him. He's waiting to take our pain, our suffering. He's waiting to take our burdens. We just got to give it to him and have faith in him that he's going to take care of us. That's why the Apostle Paul, who experienced much pain and difficulty, can boldly declare these words in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for those uh, who are called according to his purpose. Paul chooses his words carefully. Notice he writes, we know. We. <laughs> for a man who, who underwent beatings, shipwrecks, multiple imprisonments, um, he recognizes that something that is absolutely essential for us to remember as believers, our pain is not meaningless, but has a purpose. And not just some situations. He writes, all things. All things. doesn't matter what it is. All things. Every individual God uses <clears throat> mightily throughout scriptures went through a season of hardship. Every one of them. Moses had to flee his family uh, who wanted to kill him. Elijah had people seeking his death. Queen Esther risked her life in order to save the Jewish people. Jesus' disciples were all martyred for their commitment to Christ. And Christ himself was beaten and crucified. Yet scripture repeatedly speaks to how our sufferings never concludes without God's power working through it supernaturally. Always. Suffering does not ultimately create dependence. It highlights dependence. We're always utterly dependent, whether we know it or not. God is good to us. <clears throat> to continue, he, he continues to remind us daily just how good He is. We just got to recognize it. We, get, we got to make sure that we put it all to Him and not, not to these worldly idols. We don't need to give thanks to the medication or the, you know, that stuff is good, but we need to, to focus on giving thanks to God through everything who's going to bring us through our sufferings, whether it be someone helping us, whether it be the medication, whether it be because all things come from what? They come through God. Yeah. Thank to God that, yes. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 1 and 11, Paul says that he wants many to join in praying for him so that as God sustains him, God will get more glory. Paul knows sharing suffering and bearing each other's burdens gives God the glory. It humbles to let people in, in on our weaknesses. But it serves to highlight God's powerful, sustaining grace. We, we got to let people in, guys. It doesn't matter what you're going through. We've got to let people in to help us because we're not God. We're human beings. And we, and we need help. And God has told us time and time again that, hey, follow on your brothers. Seek help. That's what we're here for. 
there's there's uh, there's strength and weakness. Ongoing pain and suffering tends to isolate us from one another. We get sick of being the sick one, tired of being the one who is always worn out, always tired. We don't like revealing our weaknesses to people. We we want to be the strong person, you know. We got nothing, nothing wrong with me. I'm I'm good. But God receives glory when we let others in. When 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 we let people, when we become vulnerable to other people and let them in to help us, that is glory to God. It is definitely glory to God. A less remembered part of suffering together as believers is is the way those who are suffering can comfort others in deep and unique ways. Ongoing pain and suffering tends to turn our focus inward on ourselves. It's, it's so constant that it begins to consume and, and color everything we do. Always living in a protective stance. Always. However, God beautifully comforts the suffering through the means of fellowship and, and fellow sufferers. In fact, Paul says that one of God's plans for our pain is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. God's purpose is suffering and comfort. We're fellow heirs of Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of the living God. Romans 8, 13 and 17. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that, that we are the children of God, and it's the children, the heirs of God, and the joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, then... That, that we may be also glorified together. We, we, we need to suffer together because we need each other. We need to be vulnerable. Again, like I said earlier, it brings, it brings glory to God. I know as, as, as a human, as a man, we don't see, may not see it that way to be vulnerable, to show a weakness, but that's what God has placed us here for, to help each other. Because of this relationship, the all-powerful ruler of the universe is also a father of mercies and a God of all comfort. Here Paul says that God comforts them in all their afflictions. There's no affliction that God is unaware of or, or distant from. He knows, he knows everything. God is infinitely interested in the care and comfort of his sons and daughters in all their afflictions. So you're never alone when you're suffering. Whether you have no one there, you have God there. You're never alone. But notice that God's purpose for His comfort. As we look to God for comfort and hope and suffering, He means for us to comfort others who are being afflicted. God comforts us so that we can comfort others. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing when, when comfort spreads amongst everybody and then everybody comes together. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing then when we all help each other. But... A lot of times, 
instead of us helping each other, what we tend to do is go behind and talk about somebody. They're going through this because they did this. Their, their suffering isn't as bad. I, I went through this way worse than they did. It, it doesn't matter what pain you're going through or what they're going through. Their pain is always going to be as bad or worse than yours because it's their pain that they're going through. It's not what you're going through at the time. We, we, can't, we can't use our suffering to, to classify and rate someone else's suffering and say, they're going to be okay because I made it through it. We can't do that. We have to be more empathetic toward people. We have to show so much more love than what we do as a human being. That's what you're talking about. It's just the wrong mindset. My, my pain versus your pain should be our pain. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be in this together. Everyone is suffering. But not only is it awesome, but it's necessary for the glory of God and for the good of His church. Suffering comes in many and varied ways. It looks different in many cares, but no no one that I know yet has completely escaped the curse of pain and suffering. Not one single person. So how do we cope with pain and suffering? Bring your pain to God and don't, don't run from Him. Don't turn your back on Him because you're mad because something happened to you. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna happen to you. It's gonna happen to everybody. When you run from God in seasons of challenge, all you're left with is your own limited ability. What, what can you do? Nothing. We can't do anything on our own. On the other hand, God invites us to draw near to Him so that we might experience His peace, His healing, His closeness, and what His scriptures point us toward. Psalms 34 and 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's there for us. The Bible never instructs us to suppress our pain, but instead it shows us where to direct it. Direct it to God. He's there for us. He heals our broken hardness and binds up their wounds. Psalms 147 and 3. Like our needs for a surgeon to address physical wounds to our body, God desires to conduct divine surgery on our soul. He wants to, he wants to end that suffering. He wants you to feel better, but He needs you to come to Him. He don't need you to run away. When we bring our pain to God, we recognize that there is a purpose, and in time that the One who loves us unconditionally will reveal His divine purpose through it. We may never know why we go through what we go through, it may be for someone else just watching us. But thank God that we're here to go through something for Him. Because it's going to help somebody. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be terrible when you're going through it, but it's going to help somebody. That's, that's the whole purpose of pain and suffering. To, for you to, to know to help someone else. Or for someone afar watching you go through what you're going through, but still depending on God, still putting your faith in Him, not losing hope in Christ. People are seeing that. And they're saying, you know what, there's something about that Christianity. There's something about that church because he just went through the worst thing ever. But look at him. He still has joy. He's still going to church. He still has everything. You know, Fill your life with God's word and God's people. How we respond to pain and suffering is, is critical to how we process what's happening and how healing will take place. If you treat physical sickness with inappropriate medication, your sickness is going to continue. It could become worse. 
when you fill your life with God's word and surround yourself with the people who speak it, we got to have like-minded people. We, our friends, our, our people's got to be like-minded so we can be there for each other. We can bounce off each other's positive Christianity. If, <clears throat> Philippians 4 and 7, if you, if you fill your mind with wrong thoughts, God is mad at me. God is not good. Uh, I'm sorry. If you fill your mind with wrong thoughts, God is mad at me. God is not good. Um, worst things are going to happen to me, etc. Then you will struggle. You're always going to struggle. But Philippians 4 and 7, but when you fill your life with God's word and surround yourself with people who speak hope and encouragement in your life, you'll experience will be much healthier. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Psalms 119, 103. <clears throat> taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Psalm 34 and 8. You've got to take refuge in God. He's going to be there for us. When I discover your wounds, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. Jeremiah 15 and 16. He's going he's gonna to take it. He's going to take it all if we just let him. Don't be filled with worry, but overflow with worship. Worship is a powerful thing. And I'm not talking about just, yay, it's about worship. Worship God through your trials, through your pain, through your sufferings. Give it back to Him. Something powerful happens when we actively choose to worship through our suffering. We aren't denying reality. We're just simply redirecting it from what it is back to God. Worship changes our perspective. Worship speaks about where our confidence and our hope resides. God knows what we're going through. He's put it there. But if we worship and we give it back to Him, He's going to honor that. He's going to help us through that trial. Worship redirects our thinking. It, it, it places the results in God's hands instead of ours. We're, we're, we're worshiping God. We're going through this situation, giving Him the praise. He's going to take it, and He's going to change it for His good. Whether your pain is a result of relationship changes, financial, health diagnosis, anxiety, whatever it may be, when you begin to worship the Lord through your struggle, spiritual chains begin to break so that you aren't ruled by your circumstance, but you set your sights on something much higher. Just praise through it. That's all we got to do. Give God the glory through it. If, if, you're never, if you don't ever go through anything, then the way I see it is the devil's already got you. You know, why why have to struggle with anything when you're 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 lost already? I mean, your pain is a result of, of of all these things we just talked about. Then your circumstances become basically like God has left me because I'm going through this, I'm going through that. But that's that is not it. God never ever ever leaves us. They recognize God is, is using like more of an imprisonment. I go through this, now I'm going through this. What have I done? Why is God doing this to me? <clears throat> but it's it's not it's not about that. We've got to take self out of our suffering. I know that don't make much make much sense, but we've got to take ourself out of our sufferings and put God in it. He's the only one that's going to help us. I can give you comforting words, but I can't help you. 
I can be there to hug you and, and, and bring you some food or something, but there's only one that's going to really help you. It's God. Believe that God will turn your, your sorrows into joy. One of the paradoxes of Christianity is, is that God uses pain for our good. Yeah. Don't seem right, but hey, it, it is. It says it in the Bible so many times. Meaning that our biggest sorrows can result in our greatest joy. God may put us down in a valley for so long, and you don't know why. But then when you come out of that valley and you hit that mountaintop, you know why God put you through that valley. It made you stronger. It, it's made you who you are. Every battle, every sorrow, everything that we go through builds us up to be a better Christian, to be a better helper, to be a better person if we put God first in it. Jesus' greatest, what do you think about Jesus' greatest sorrow? Suffering the shame, the punishment, and death for our sin. He didn't do nothing wrong. He was the only perfect one that ever here. But he died for me. You know, he, 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 he took the, the whips of the cattails. He took the, the crown of thorns. He took the beating. He took the nails driven through his hands and his feet, the spear in the side for me. And I ain't nobody. Nobody. He did it for the redemption of humanity and the opportunity for a relationship. That's why he did it. So we can come to him. That we may be saved. That we have a chance to go to heaven and be with him. Do we deserve it? No. We don't deserve it, but he did it anyway. Does someone that wronged you, that made you hurt, deserve you to be nice to them? Probably not, but what's the Christian thing to do? Be there for them. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are trouble, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Jeremiah 31 and 13. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice for their sorrow. He will turn your sorrow into joy if you let him. If you don't sulk in it and live in it and just make that your life. You gotta allow God to work through you, to work in you, and work it out of you. John sixteen and twenty, very verily I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms thirty and eleven, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing, thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. He's there for us, guys. Our pain and suffering, it will not last forever. It may seem like it. The, the, the hurt will be there, but it'll get better. Jesus willingly suffered for the, the greatest pain because he knew at the end what it meant. He knew what he was doing. Scripture shows us in Revelations 21, 3, and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. 
humanity loves movies with the great happy endings, you know, Christmas movies, Hallmark movies, and we love those things. <clears throat> Except my wife, she hates them. And joy becomes, we've been created to know and, and walk with God, and, and for those who place their faith in Him, that the ending will become their reality. Jesus willingly suffered for the great, the greatest pain because He knew at the, at the end what the story was going to be. He was going to conquer death. He was going to conquer hell. He was going to conquer everything for me and for you. Eternity is coming. Faster and faster if you read your Bible. And our pain and suffering will not be totally forgotten, but the sting will be removed and eternity will be even greater as a result. As you walk through suffering today and in the days to come and the years to come because it's going to be more and more, remember the words of our Savior Jesus Christ. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. John 14 and 27. Give it to God. Whatever it is, give it to God. If you're having trouble with it, that's what we're here for. We're here. Anytime, any day, it doesn't matter what it is. We need to be there for each other. A phone call away, a text away. Not only do we need to be there, but we need to, we need to think about each other that's going through the pain. And, and we need to, to show the love that Christ showed to us. Whether it be through a text, hey, thinking about you. A phone call, hey, uh, I know you're going through a lot. Just to let you know I love you. If you need anything, hey, I'm here. What can I do for you? You know, if you, you know something, they're going through a really bad time, man, cook a meal. Bring it to them. People love food. But it's it's not what we give, what we do. It's the thoughts and the action that we give to each other that brings the love and the connection that we need to be the family so we can help each other. That's, that's what it really boils down to. We're going to suffer, but don't suffer alone. I'm there for you. I don't know everything. I haven't been through everything, but by golly, I'll cry with you. And I'll be there with you. And I think everyone else here will too. So don't think that you are alone and that you have to be strong and you have to be the one to, to make everything work. You don't have to be. Jesus did that. He already did that. We're human. We need help. Ask for it. Give it to God. <clears throat> thank you. I'll pray. Lord, we thank you again for another time to, to come and and go through your word, God. We ask you that that you let this sink into our hearts and our minds tonight. And as we go on through the week, God, help us to, to put others first and to, to have a, a, a more open heart to what's going on around us and our surroundings, God. Give us, give us the ability to to just want to love and help each other. God, help us to to put us everything behind us that's us and put you first. God, help us to, to let you shine through us more every day as we go on through, through our week, God. Be with us and, and God, just use us as a tool 
In these names, Jesus' name we ask you to pray. Amen. Amen.